back to Thriving Thursday. I'm so excited. Also, we have a new family member, Joy. <laughs> Say hi to everyone. <laughs> hey, hey, she a natural. And sorry about Olivas. Bye, Zara. <laughs> um, hi there. What's up? Welcome back to Thriving Thursday. I am so excited to get back on and get us started again. It's been since a while it's been about three months so i hope that you guys have been doing well hope you haven't missed me too much um and yeah i'm, I'm just really happy ow she's clawing me i'm really <laughs> i'm really happy to get us back started um it's been a, it's been a journey um so you're probably wondering where, where'd your girl go what happened oh yeah i also got a haircut in case you don't recognize me on video i just chop chop um, but anyways, um, yes, so why have I been gone? What have I been doing? Well, my brother, my sister, I have been in a process. I have been on a journey. Um, and yeah, I could have taken y'all along with me, but it felt like I needed to go through it alone with the Lord. I needed to hash through some things and don't worry. I know we're all about transparency here, and I'm about to take you on that journey with me. All right. So it was May. I don't know what day. Wait, no. In May, I got burned. Oh, the last time y'all saw me, I was in a cast, and I had crutches. Well, I only have a little scar on my foot. My burn is healed. My foot is healed. I can walk normally, and... I don't need any PT or anything. Um, my foot healed, praise the Lord. My skin healed up very good. It looks great. Can't even really tell I've been burned to second degree. Um, and I'm so grateful that I'm on my feet. I am walking. I am doing everything. I'm doing it all. So um, I have recovered from that injury. That was really tough for me. Uh, it felt like, it definitely felt like a a challenge. It felt like... I went through something really, really hard. I mean, I just, it affected me in every aspect. It affected me physically. It affected me spiritually. It affected me emotionally. It affected me in every which way because I could no longer be my own person and do the things I need to do on the day to day. I had to rely on, I had to rely on family. I had to rely on my husband. I had to rely on crushes, like everything else but my own strength. And that's really hard, especially when you're used to doing things, obviously, for yourself. Um, but we're done. We're recovered. Everything went great. Uh, I don't work there anymore because um, I have PTSD and I don't want to get <laughs> I don't want to get burned again. Um, that was really traumatic for me. So that was in May. And I did a recovery video with Grace. Uh, and we kind of just talked about how we were like feeling and stuff. Um... And I think that released in June, or it might have been the end of May. I think June. So me and Zara are going to take you to what we went through. It's going to be really hard. <laughs> so in June, um, I was two weeks into walking, one week into walking, two weeks into walking. And we went to go visit my in-laws, um, me, my husband, Ricky, Zara, and as you guys have seen before in a video, um, our white Siberian Husky um, silo. 
So, um, in June, we went to go visit my in-laws. They live in Oklahoma, um, right? Going into Oklahoma. And, um, we were there for the weekend or like, yeah, for the weekend basically, because we were getting some house work done on our house with, uh, the electricity. And, um, it was a Friday night. We stayed the night over there. And then we woke up the next day and we were going to head home pretty early because we had stuff we needed to get done. Um, and I remember specifically at like six o'clock in the morning, Zara and Zylo both like were like waking me up to go potty. So I went outside with my mother-in-law because she was also awake already at 6 a.m. And I took them outside with me and they went to use the bathroom. And I brought them back inside after they used the bathroom and I put them in their cages so we could sleep a little bit more before we had to get up and leave. So I believe around like eight, um, Ricky got up and he started editing on his computer and he took the dogs outside and his dad was like mowing the grass. His mom was outside doing like her flower watering stuff. His brother was cleaning outside some of the yard. Um, and I didn't wake up till like nine. And so I wake up and I go and I say hi to him and I go outside and I see everyone and everything. And then I go back inside. I grab my backpack and I grab Ricky's backpack and I start packing our stuff so we can leave. And Ricky also goes outside and everything. And Zara and Zylo had just ran around to the back of my in-law's yard. And I remember I just like, I told Ricky like, hey, like where the dogs go, go get them. And then he told his his brother, Puff, and then... um. They went back there to go get them in the back of the yard. And out there, there's no, like, fence at all. It's all, like, open land, open field. And um, I'm packing the truck as they're going to go get them. And I hear a gunshot. And I'm, like, just waking up. And all I thought was, like, dang, that that was really close. Like, that, was, that sounded, like, really close. And, um... I'm putting stuff in the car and I hear another gunshot and I'm like, okay, something feels off. And then I start walking back there to where Ricky and Puff had been walking to and I hear another gunshot and I'm like, this is like bad. And then I start to hear like Zara like cry. I heard a cry. And so we start like screaming, um, and we keep like walking and the grass is like really tall. And then we see her like full on fear with blood all over her, like, like trying to like sprint like to us. Um, and so I pick her up and, um, Ricky and Puff continue to go to look for Silo. And I pick Zara up and I ran to my car and I put her in my car. Um, and I had blood everywhere from her. And um, in that moment, I was just honestly on like adrenaline. Like, like I mean, what, what I had just woken up. Like I, like, I was panicking. I just immediately, like, I was like already into tears. And I'm like, okay, like, I don't know. Is she bleeding internally? Like, what the heck just happened? Like, it was in the midst of a minute, two minutes. And... I put her in the car and Ricky hadn't came back yet. And so I go and I find my keys and I go and I turn on the car and I drive around to that front of the house. 
And I get out the car and Ricky and his brother are talking to this older couple. And I see the woman has a big old shotgun. And I look and um, Zyla was dead on, on the floor. Um, it's really hard because everything just happened so fast and I didn't have time to process what was going on or like I didn't have time to process like what had just happened and um I I just see him on the floor and I go to him and like I knew that he was gone um but I tried to pick him up to take him to the back of the car <clears throat> and I couldn't pick him up I, I couldn't pick him up so I'm trying to calm Ricky down at this point because he's furious, obviously. Um, and then um, the, the woman was the one with the shotgun. And I mean, she didn't really seem like she cared at all about what had happened. And um, like Ricky's asking her, like, why did she do that? Like, she didn't have to do that. Like, we're not from here. Like, we're visiting. Like, all these things. And basically her reasoning was that she has outside cats that she protects and that she loves and that have gotten killed by by wild animals before. And um, that was basically her reasoning, but there was no cats. And Ricky had asked her, like, did my dog kill one of your cats? Like, did she kill a, did he kill a cat? Did she kill a cat? And she literally confessed with her mouth, no, like, your dog did not do anything. But, like, I have the right to protect and shoot whatever is on my land. Um... And anyways, I'm, like, pushing Ricky to, like, go pick up Zylo because all I could think about was Zara being in the back of the car bleeding. And, like, I don't know where this blood's coming from. Like, I don't want to lose her. Like, it's just so much happening at once. So he picks up um, Zylo and um, brings him to the car. And immediately he's, like, open the trunk. And I'm, like, you can't put him in the trunk. And he's like, I need to, like, if I put him in the back with Zara, she's going to freak out even more. Um, so I know, like, me and him start, like, like, fiddling and, like, kind of fighting, like, pushing because um, I didn't want him to put Zylo in the trunk of the car. I felt like I hadn't accepted that he had died yet um, in my mind. So, like, to me, it's like, He's going to suffocate or, like, die in the trunk, you know, even though he was already dead. Um, so, anyways, he puts him back there. And we drive to the nearest animal hospital. Um, which was the longest drive in my whole life. Zara was, like, crying and licking her blood from her paws in the back. And it was just miserable. I think it was 10. No, it was, like, a 15-minute drive. It was a 15-minute drive uh, out of a... In, in Durant and um we get there and Ricky grabs Zara and they take they take her right away and I stay outside with Zylo with the trunk open just like with him um and I was just kind of like rubbing him and just like trying to process everything that had happened um I I don't have kids so my pets are like my kids and I had him since he was eight weeks old and he was seven months um and to me he was the best dog I've ever had because during that time of recovery when I was burned um he was there for me 
my dog was there for me every single day. Um, Ricky obviously had to work and I had family, but they have their lives. And so when I was home alone, like, like that was my safe place, you know? Um, and I've heard of evil people, but I never thought in a million years I would have to experience such an evil person who doesn't have a heart for, for, I don't know, like, I want to say for animals, you know, um, but, like, I know that that woman, she could have shot the ground, she could have shot the air, and they would have came running straight back to us, so it just really hurts that someone took a life away that wasn't theirs to take away, um, into an innocent creature, like, he was so good with, I have videos of him playing with babies, videos of him playing with kids. Um, he was just such a lovely and goofy dog. Like, he wouldn't have intentionally hurt or killed or uh, attacked anyone or anything. Um, he was always curious, and he was just a big baby. And he would always follow Zara. Anywhere Zara went, he would go. He wouldn't ever go anywhere, anywhere on his own. So we get to the vet, and they tell us that they have to sedate um, Zara so that they can put her through an x-ray so they can see where her blood is coming from. And they do that, and um, a vet comes and checks Zara, I mean, Zylo in the trunk, and um, says that he, he has passed away, like he doesn't have a heartbeat or anything. Um, and then the vet that was taking care of Zara asked me if I wanted him to go check and I told him yes, and he went and checked, and he did not have a heartbeat, and um, he checked his face and uh, had told me that she shot too close, that, um, that like, you know, he was way gone. Um, I didn't find out until a week, I think, later, that when we, Ricky had gotten over there to him, um, that Tylo had actually kind of, like, lifted his head from off the ground and, like, saw Ricky and then put his head back down and took his last breath. Um, but I'm just super grateful that, like, he got to pass away knowing that he was alone, that we didn't just leave him. It hurts me a lot, even to this day, because... I know that he wouldn't have hurt anyone, that he wouldn't have killed anything. Um, he was just an innocent big baby, and he was my big baby. Um, and I did, we, we went through a lot with him, like potty training wise, and just like bad habits that he had. Um, and so it's very hurtful. Um, and I've never, ex I had never experienced murder. Um, I had never, never experienced such close death, um, such tangible death. Um, my grandfather died of brain cancer in 2020, 2020, 2021. Um, but we had a lot of time to prepare for that death. Um, and it was very, it was a very like secure thing because we had faith in the Lord and we knew what the word said. Um, so it was a lot different. This is something that was 
very traumatic. Um, not only for myself, but for my husband and my other dog, you know. Um, so after the x-ray, they found that she had a lot of pellets. So it was a shotgun. And so like when the bullet goes out and it hits something, it explodes. So she had been shooting at Zara. Zara was already running back. Um, and so she got her two left legs, her front one and her back one. So she has like a lot of pellets even to this day and her two left legs. Um, and from the x-ray, they actually saw that she had two pellets right by her organ, like literally a hair over and like Zara could have died as well. Um, and they basically told us that they couldn't remove it because if they were, since it was like in her bones, if they would remove it, she would lose too much blood. Um, and so she couldn't, they couldn't do that because then she would lose a lot of blood with that um, procedure and it would have been worse and the lead from those pellets isn't necessarily like harmful to her as long as she doesn't ingest it um so I mean obviously we just have to keep an eye out if we see anything that is abnormal um she was very weak she was uh very like sleeping all the time and just not herself um and I didn't know a lot of like the grieving process for dogs, but dogs actually do go through grief and dogs actually do go through depression and PTSD. Um, and I have a friend who's a vet um, and I had called him and I got an advice from him because then when I took her to the vet, they gave like anxiety medication, depression medication and pain medication for her pain. Um so after we left the vet, we went back um, to my in-laws because we had made the decision that we were going to bury Zylo instead of cremate him. And we took a few hours to just breathe and Zara was knocked out. We needed to wait for her to wake up from the sedation. That was also scary, like seeing her like that. It looked like she was also dead. Um, and man, it was just, it was just horrible. It was horrible. I remember just being in such shock um, and being so hurt and so angry. Um, but all I could think about was Zara and how I can get her to be back to herself. Um, so after she had woken up, we buried Zylo. Um, and Zara was actually like on the ground, like laying down and she limped her whole way to us when we were burying him and we let her say goodbye to him. She sniffed him and everything. And, um, we buried him. <laughs> it was really hard because he felt so alive. Like his body felt so alive. Um. I can't imagine people who lose their actual kids <laughs> because, man, that's tough. It's really tough. Um, so that happened in June. And, um, I mean, I talked to, like, my close friends, to my family, but other than that, I kind of just 
went through this process with myself and Ricky and just tried to figure out what our life was going to look like. Um, I w was depressed. <laughs> Honestly, um, I couldn't be home. We actually slept at my mom's for a week um, because I would just get home and all I could do is cry because everything reminded me of him. Um, and I was used to doing two of everything. Um, feeding two dogs, ba bathing outside two dogs, um, taking both to use a bathroom outside at the same time. Um, two of everything. And um, he was the loud one of the family. He was always doing something. He was always getting in trouble. <laughs> um, so to just have so much quietness, felt I felt empty. Um, and all I could do was pray that the Lord's justice would be served. Because when I had called the police to file a report on everything over there, they told me that she was actually within her legal rights because it was her property. And the dogs and technically us, we were trespassing since we were on her property. Um, and the law is just really, <laughs> I mean, really crazy. And they had said that um, she had, they had calls saved from her from various years of cats outside of her house dying because of wild creatures and animals going and killing them. Um, and so they basically said that I could do nothing. I could take her to court for a civil case. But me and Ricky had looked into it. And um, basically what they would do is they would see the worth of Zylo. Um, and the people would have to pay us whatever the worth and value of his breed and he was. Um, but the fees that you have to pay for an attorney and the whole court court process over exceed what you would get. Um, and so at that point, like I wasn't going to put us in that financial debt and stress. Um, I know that scripture says that the best justice to be served is the Lord's. Um, and I actually have a verse, um, I want to share if you're going through something that you see is unfair and you want to take matters into your own hands and you want to pay back that person or those people, it's not worth it. Um, the Lord will do his job and he will take care of it. And it's like people say karma comes back around, but as a believer, like it's literally not karma, it's the Lord and the Lord make sure like what you reap, you're going to sow. So if I'm reaping goodness and I'm reaping blessing, I'm reaping like being a blessing to others, being honorable to others, like that's what's going to be sowed in my life. And I'm also going to receive that. Um, but I want to read this verse about justice because it was very helpful to me. Because obviously I was so angry. Like, how could this person do this to me? Do this to my husband? Do this to my Zara? Do this to my family? In a second. And take so much away from me. When I had just recovered from being burned and not being able to walk. It was like back to back. And it was like, 
what can I do? What, what can I do to pay back that person? But in reality, it's like, I, I really can't do anything. But the one who's going to serve justice is the Lord. So, I want to read this to you. Um, let me find it. So, there's several. So, I'll read Isaiah 61, verse 8. And it says, For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate, which is a very powerful word, robbery and wrongdoing. I will faithfully reward my people for their suffering and make them and make an everlasting covenant with them. And then verse 9 says, Their descendants will be recognized and honored among the nations. Everyone will realize that they are people the Lord has blessed. Um, but let me read you the specific one that I used to meditate on throughout that time. Because um, it was very helpful. And I learned too that you know, you being angry and you wanting justice, the Lord is right there with you in that. I feel like, you know, when I would pray about it, I would sugarcoat and like not make it seem like I wanted justice. But the Lord made it like very clear to my heart that he also wants justice. He also is hurting with you. He's also weeping with you. And he, it hurts him to see his child so hurt. Um, and he gave us authority over the creatures of this earth, over animals, but not to mistreat them, not to kill for no intent. Like, he didn't design them for that. He didn't give us authority for that reason. He wants us to take care of his creatures, and he said that. Um, yeah. So, man... I honestly, I should have, like, went over it before I started the, the episode, but I didn't think I was going to share it. So, Psalms 89, 14 says, Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Unfailing love and truth walk before you as attendants. That's also a very good one. Let me go to my bookmarks and see. I might have, I'm looking for a specific one. I also have some about tears and weeping that were very helpful to me. One of my favorites was um, Psalm 77, 3 through 15, or actually Psalm 77, 1 through 15. It says, I cried out to God for help. I cried out to God to hear me. I remembered you, God, and I groaned. I meditated and my spirit grew faint. You kept my eyes from closing. I was too troubled to speak. I thought about the former days, the years of long ago. I remembered my songs in the night. My heart meditated and my spirit asked, Will the Lord reject me forever? Will he never show his favor again? Has his unfailing love vanished forever? Has his promise failed for all time? Has God forgotten to be merciful? Has he in anger withheld his compassion? Then I thought, to this I will appeal. The years when the Most High stretched out his hand. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, 
I will remember your miracles of long ago. I will consider your works and meditate on your mighty deeds. Your ways, God, are holy. What God is as great as our God? You are the God who performs miracles. You display your power among the peoples. With your mighty arm, you redeemed your people, the descendants of Jacob and Joseph. This was so like easy to relate to because I didn't blame the Lord. Like, Lord, like this is your far. Like, you let this happen. Like, no. But in that feeling of sorrow, it felt like although the Lord was so near to me, he was also like so far. And it's just like this weird emotion of like forgetting the goodness of the Lord because of such hard things. I had just been burned, hadn't been able to walk for two months and like all these things. And then I am starting to walk and then bam, my, my dog gets, gets murdered. And it's like, I felt like I couldn't breathe. Like I was just like in a bottle getting stuffed with what I was the pennies at the bottom of the jar and the nickels and quarters heavily were falling and 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 filling the bottle and I'm just the penny at the very bottom and it also felt like the enemy was just on my back and I'm like get off <laughs> um but this specific verse is going to like has the lord forgotten about his favor towards me will he reject me forever and then it goes to shifting that focus to being on the issue and on how you're feeling to wait i'm gonna remember his faithfulness i'm gonna remember what he has done i'm gonna remember the ways that he has worked because i know that he's gonna continue to do that and he's gonna make that accomplished in my life because if he didn't fail me in those moments he's not gonna fail me now and that was such a good shift for me to focus. Um, another, another one was Psalm 6, uh, verse 6. And it says, <laughs> I am worn out from sobbing. All night I flood my bed with weeping, drenching it with my tears. My vision is blurred by grief. My eyes are worn out because of all my enemies. Go away, all you who do evil, for the Lord has heard my weeping. The Lord has heard my plea. The Lord will answer my prayer. May my enemies be disgraced and terrified. May they suddenly turn back in shame. This hit right at my heart because there was nights where I would go to sleep crying, where Ricky would go to sleep crying, we would go to sleep crying together. And although I was so tired of crying, like that's the only emotion that I would have. I didn't have words to express what I was feeling because it was just such a powerful feeling, such a hard emotion. And... This made me feel so heard, made me feel so validated because David, which was a man after the heart of the Lord, wrote this. And I, in 2023, could feel what David felt. 
that was just like, he knew what I was talking about. And the Lord moved in this verse. And it it was just great. It was great. The, it was such a big help. Um, another one. Psalm 56, 8. You keep track of all my sorrows. You have collected all my tears in your bottle. You have recorded each one in your book. And again, this was just validating the fact that the Lord is with me. The Lord is hearing me and he is grieving with me in this process. Um, let's see. Another thing I had to meditate on was the fact that Although it was a bad season in terms of me going through so many trials and tribulations, for me to be excited because what was going to be next was going to be joy. Because that's what scripture says, is like that our sorrows might be like that today, but tomorrow in the morning is going to be joy. So Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 14 says, There's a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. A time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to uproot, a time to kill, and a time to heal, a time to tear down, and a time to build, a time to weep, and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones, and a time to gather them, a time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to search, and a time to give up, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear, tear and a time to mend, a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. What do workers gain from their toil? I have seen the burden God has laid on the human race. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart, yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. I know that there is nothing better for people than to be happy and to do good while they live, that they that each of them may eat and drink and find satisfaction in all their toil. This is the gift of God. I know that everything God does will endure forever. Nothing can be added to it and nothing taken from it. God does it so that people will fear him. This whole passage just helped me kind of understand that the season I was in was definitely a time to weep and a time to mourn but it's a time it's a season and it's gonna change it's temporary seasons change shout out under earth I promise this isn't this isn't a promotion or an ad but this is exactly why I love under earth because I have felt like it has correlated with so many things in my life. And specifically, like even in this season that I was in, I felt like I had someone or something that could relate to me. Um, and I understood that I understood that even though it was a time to weep and a time to mourn, that it was temporary and it was a season and that we were going to make it through and that we were going to be OK, whether it was a week, a month from now, but we were going to make it out and we were going to be OK. The justice of the Lord is always going to be the best because he is the most powerful person. You and I can do whatever is in our power to make another person suffer. But the Lord, if you let the Lord handle it, he's going to take care of it. And he's going to take care of it in a manner that those people are going to wish that they never did no harm to anyone. 
And my prayer was that the Lord would convict that woman's heart so much that she would weep and fall on her knees and ask for repentance and forgiveness. And I also had to find within my heart to forgive her, which is really hard. But I had to pray it out. I had to say, you know, Lord, help me to forgive this person because I do not want to forgive them. What they have done is evil. What they have done is wrong. And the Lord slowly shifted my heart to understand that not everyone can see creation in the way that he designed us to see creation. Not everyone has a <laughs> not everyone has the Holy Spirit. Not everyone is a good person. <laughs> I mean, none of us are good good people, but there's just evil people out there who simply do not care. Um but justice will be served. And one day they're gonna have to give an account for everything they've done. Um Yeah. So I had to go through a lot of grieving. Um, a lot of what is a Lord showing me through this process? Um, I definitely felt like all of it was just like an attack from the enemy. Um, but I was so grateful that like Zara was safe and she was protected and she was able to make it out alive. Cause if we would have lost both, I mean, I don't know if I would be here <laughs> because I mean, who's to say that I wouldn't have been able to hold my temper, my control. And then I don't know, she also kills me. Um, but I'm grateful that I was able to somewhat hold composure and have thinking through everything because everything was literally a blur um it it truly was I remember when I would go to sleep I would like I would like hope to wake up the next day and it all be a nightmare but it was reality um there was a lot of sleepless nights as well which made me always like really tired I still wasn't working because of everything that happened with my foot so I was just doing school and from home and taking care of Zara. Um, that was it. Um, which we kind of had a busy summer. Um, in July, we went to Wisconsin and Chicago. And then in August, me and Ricky celebrated our one year of being married. Um, and we took a trip to Florida together in August. Um, and then last month... We decided to add Joy to our family. Um, she was eight weeks old, and I don't know how many weeks old she is now, but, I mean, we just got her, so I don't know. <laughs> but she's the sweetest cat. She is Zara's best friend, um, and obviously she doesn't replace him. It was so hard. I got so many offers on so many dogs after I lost him, including the owner that I got her got him from or the breeder. Um, including like one of his siblings that she had and she offered for me to have his sister and I thought it was so sweet, but I honestly don't see myself being able to get another dog after going through that experience. Um, it was just really hard and very heartbreaking. Um, and so we have Joy, she's our cat and, uh, she's super sweet 
And we named her Joy because we're proclaiming that that's this next season of life for us. That this next season of life is going to be a season of joy, a season of prosperity in the Lord. <laughs> Come here, mama. <laughs> and I believe that the Lord... She's saying hi to the camera. I believe that the Lord is very intentional on what he on what he does. Um, and I believe that this next season is going to be a season of joy for me and my husband and my Zara and my joy. Um, and so far it, it has been. And I haven't let the enemy steal my joy. I haven't let the enemy take away my faithfulness to the Lord or the knowledge that I have that the Lord is faithful. So I don't know what season you're going through, but if you thought you were going through a tough season, I was too, bro. Oh, I was too. But as long as you have the Lord, you have everything. And truly no one can take away that joy. Um, there's going to be moments where you don't feel that joy. There's going to be moments where you feel hurt and the Lord is hurting with you and the Lord is weeping with you. And he wants to hear that from your heart. That's one thing that like, I feel like I would just sugarcoat it. Like, but I know everything's going to be okay, but I know everything's going to be good. And it's like, share how you genuinely feel. Talk about it with other people, man. I was so grateful. I have a new friendship that kind of started to grow throughout that time. I love you, Sandy. <laughs> She uh, didn't know me for long, and she literally was like, we need to go do pickles and pottery, like, artwork. And she took me to this pickles and pottery place here in Sherman, and we just got to paint together. She bought me, like, chocolate and a candle. Um, I had a friend, Ender and Grace. They brought us the day after it happened. They came and brought us white flowers. The most beautiful – thank you, Ender and Grace. The most beautiful white flowers that – I had seen for me, it was just like, it might've been white roses, which are my favorites. I don't know what I'm talking about, but <laughs> for me, it was just really special. Um, and like everyone else who just showed support and love in whichever way they can, you know, uh, whether it was talking to me on the phone, my grandma, she would talk to me a lot. Um, my mom was very helpful and anyone who just showed support, like genuinely thank you. It was one of the toughest things that me and Ricky have been through. Um, and I'm just grateful that, like, we're out of that. <laughs> and I hope that we never have to face something like that again. Truly horrible. There were moments where I would blame myself and be like, if I would have been out there 30 minutes earlier, or if I would have this, or if I would have that. But it's like, that's, that's lies from the enemy. Like, we don't, we don't, when you're going through that, the last thing that you need to be doing is putting all the blame on yourself. It's out of your control. What other people's decisions, what other people do and other people's decisions that they make, you had no control over that. I would have never thought the backyard neighbor had a gun ready to shoot whatever trespassed. That's reality. But reality is also that you never know the intentions of the neighbor that lives next to you or behind you. Like You never know the intentions of someone anywhere um so always just have a guard up always think five steps ahead yeah um we also have this awesome painting that ender painted that i will show you 
if you're watching. He made a more futuristic, bold, courageous version of him. And it's we. And it's our favorite, and we have it hung here in our home. And one thing for me that was my favorite about him was there was literally like several times I would literally just look at him and look into his eyes and I could see just pure goodness, innocence, and love. He had these honey-colored eyes and he would just look at you with this sweetest face. Um, and to me, like my favorite about this painting is that I can still kind of see that in his eyes. Um, and... Some people are like, dogs don't go to heaven. Other people are like, dogs do go to heaven. To each his own. But scripture does not say that they don't. Um, and I know what really helped me was just knowing that, like, the Lord allowed for Zylo to be born. And I'm sure that the Lord was with him when he passed away. And um, I'm sure he gave him peace. Um, and I'm glad he didn't bleed out to death. He didn't suffer much um and i miss him we miss him a ton and i would do anything to rewrite that morning but we can't turn back the clock um but we can find ways to move forward we can find ways to stay connected with friends um find hobbies and things that interest you to keep your mind busy um, we do miss him a ton, and it doesn't feel the same without him. I know it's only been a few months, too. But things do get easier, and things do get better as time goes. And you just find a new way to heal, and you find a new normal. Um, and so, yeah. <laughs> um, I know it was kind of a hard episode to come back to, and I wish I had a different topic to start with. But I really don't. And that's the first thing that I wanted to talk about was what I had just went through and why I kind of I just took a step back and gave myself and my husband some time to process things. Um, so if you're going through a hard season, I hear you. I'm with you. The Lord is also there right beside you. You're not alone. And make sure to take care of yourself, to take care of your mental health. If you need to talk to people, if you need to go on walks, if you need to go to the gym, if you whatever you need to do to take steps to just help guard your mind and guard your heart, do it. Do it, do it, do it. Uh, that was very crucial for me, staying busy. I mean, there were days where I just wanted to lay down and watch a movie, and that's okay too, to be in that grief and to feel those emotions um, because it's going to be the healthiest way to process them. So I love you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, and stay tuned because we're back on, baby. There's going to be episodes leaking every single Thursday. And I hope that this was, um, although a hard podcast to hear, I hope that it was inspiring and it was helpful in whatever way if you find yourself in a tough season or if you've experienced murder before. So, love you guys. Stay tuned. I hope to see you guys next Thursday. Bye.